everyone, and welcome to another episode of Today in Titletown Packers Podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. We are back after another Packers victory, this time over the Baltimore Ravens. Week 15, the Packers get the victory 31-30. to Christmas is creeping up. This is one of my sun- favorite Sundays of the year so far. Braun, how did you how did you like that Sunday with the Cardinals losing, the Buccaneers losing to the Saints? Not just losing, losing 9-0, to getting shut out on Sunday night football and the Packers are now standing alone atop the NFC. Uh, this has been a fantastic week so far, the week of Christmas. Bron, how are you? What a weekend, Griff. What a weekend. That was a lot of good football and really not that first stretch of games, the one o'clock, but um, once it hit that Green Bay game and then I mean, the, the games that mattered were super fun for us as Packers fans. So I'm good, man. What a what a weekend. That's really all I could say. And we'll get into all the goods this week because we've got a lot to talk about, as usual, this time of year. So before we get into the Packers game, we've got the Cardinals. I'm going to be honest, the 1 o'clock games, I was pretty busy. I wasn't I wasn't really tuned in. I had the Titans-Steelers game on in the background. But, you know, I'm, I'm flipping through the channels. I see Lions-Cardinals on the, uh, the good old Sunday ticket, and I'm like... Do I turn that one on and root for the Lions? No, there's no point. So I didn't even pay attention to that game. And then it's about 4 o'clock, Packers are about to come on. I look up the score of that game, and it's, what, 30-12, to 12, something stupid like that? I was blown away. I was like, this is amazing. Santa came early. It's a week early, Santa. And then Sunday night, the Bucks lose 9-0. I... I leave for a little bit in the first quarter and the the Saints were up six nothing I think and I was like oh that's fun that's gonna be fun to watch let's hope they can hold that lead somehow and I had to sit through 60 minutes of Taysom Hill being maybe the worst starting quarterback that I've ever had to watch and root for before but they got it and Tom Brady Tom Froddy could not do anything once again against the Saints defense I don't know what it is with them but he can never do anything uh, against that defense in the regular season, at least. And that's just sets the Packers up beautifully during this this three-week stretch to end the season where we are sitting at 11-3, and not only the best record in the NFC, but also the best record in the NFL, meaning that when have the Packers ever had the best record in the NFL this late in the season? It's always been, we've been up there with a bunch of teams in terms of the best team in the NFL. But right now, there's no one playing better than the Packers. Griff, I remember I sent you a text pretty early in that football game with the Saints and and the Bucks, and I said, can the Saints really do this? And because they were up 6 nothing, I remember, and it was like, I think it was in the second quarter, and the, the Bucks hadn't scored, and the Saints defense was playing really well. And then the guys started getting hurt for them, Leonard Fournette, uh, Chris Godwin, who's now out for the year, which, you know, that's Tom's favorite receiving target. So that's a big blow. And Mike Evans went down with a hamstring. They were Guys were dropping on that Bucks team. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be able to be done. But, you know, at that point when it was like 6 nothing, I was like, well, at the very least, like they beat the Bucks, or they the, the Saints – barely lose to the Bucks and the and you know Tom doesn't play that all that well and I'm hoping well at least maybe Rodgers will move up in the MVP conversation and maybe we'll look more like the best team in the NFC after they just barely beat the Saints but instead they lost and it helps us even more it helps Aaron Rodgers MVP case even more it helps us obviously most importantly in the one seed uh, conversation to be now not only a game up but have those tiebreakers over all those teams except Dallas and we'll get into all that later in the show, but it was a huge, huge game for us to be able to have that desired outcome, which was so important, you know, to get the desired outcomes this time of year is one of the biggest parts of, of getting a playoff spot like that first seed by. 
So really, really awesome game for us to go out and and just kind of sit on the couch and watch and have come in our favor. Just to touch on the MVP stuff real quick. If you've been listening to this podcast these last few weeks, Braun, you have mentioned numerous times that you think Rodgers is maybe not going to win the MVP, but he should win the MVP, and he's better than Brady, all this stuff. And I've been saying, yeah, I know, but when you look at the stats, anyone who votes for MVP isn't going to vote for Rodgers over Tom Brady, given the, the way that Tom Brady's stats look. And then, you know, I watch, I'm watching the game, I'm posting about the Packers being the one seed, I'm all excited, and then it dawns on me that this was the last chance that Tom Brady had to have a real narrative game in this season. This is going to be his last primetime game of the year. This was Sunday Night Football. Everyone's watching. If he had a good performance, it would have just locked it up for sure. But not only did he have a bad performance, he had an absolutely terrible performance and got shut out to the Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Saints. Couldn't score a point. And I realized there's no way that they can give him the MVP after it after that right like there's no way I realized that Rodgers had a very similar game in week one but the MVP is a narrative award that matters the fact that it was week one and it was the first game of the six of the season all the way back in September that matters because it's not fresh in the voters mind what's fresh in the voters mind right now is Rodgers having four games in a row of playing outstanding the Packers haven't lost with Aaron Rodgers on the field other than two times one of them being the first game of the season and Tom Brady that's going to be fresh in their mind that performance when you take away his top three receivers he looks like absolute dog crap that's going to be right in the right in the thick of their minds when they're putting their vote in for MVP so Rodgers all of a sudden has a really solid chance and he's not the betting favorite right now but there's a chance that if he continues to play well these final three games that he's absolutely going to be the favorite and he could seriously win his fourth MVP award. I mean, what are the odds that Rodgers goes out and has like a super bad game? I mean, that doesn't happen. He doesn't do that often. Like, when does he turn the ball over? Like, he just doesn't do it. It would take something like one of those games where we don't get off the plane against an L.A. team. But the difference is we play the Cleveland Browns, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Detroit Lions, and those look like three winnable matchups for Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is playing maybe some of the best football of his career right now. So to me, you talk about MVP chances. Rodgers is going to continue to play at this level. And to me, you know, the MVP was decided with that loss to Tampa Bay and the way Rodgers played against the Ravens. You know, that's to me, it's it's kind of I don't want to say it's locked up, obviously, but if if the trends continue, you know, even if Brady plays well to finish the year, if Rodgers plays the same way he's been playing all year long, he's got it. I mean, this is you know, and it's not surprising um, because he's been so successful this year, and and what he's doing now with Adams and, and MVS coming on, and with with the injuries that we've suffered without having Tunyon there and the offensive line, he's just put so much on the table. To, to kind of show how valuable he is as the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And um, that's what the award's for, the most valuable player. And he's showing that with how well he's playing and, and how valuable he is. And that's kind of the recipe for winning that award, um, especially as you do it this late in the year, approaching you know, when, when it's time to start voting for that sort of thing. The offensive line is another thing because the Bucs have had by far – the best offensive line in the league this year at pretty much every single position. You wouldn't know it watching the game on Sunday because Brady was under pressure pretty much the entire game. But other than that game, they have been a brick wall. Meanwhile, Rodgers has had a revolving door at every single position. He has one day one starter left. He's got Dennis Kelly starting at right tackle and Yash Nyman starting at left tackle. I mean, they've played well for given what we expected of them, but 
to the voters, what does that look like? It looks like a guy who has stood strong through so much adversity and has gotten the ball out of his hands fast enough where it's not even a factor. And this also goes for Matt LaFleur in terms of the Coach of the Year award discussion, but that's that's another discussion. But in terms of Rodgers, and he's gone games without his three receivers, and he actually won against the undefeated Cardinals in Arizona on a Thursday night game. That was <laughs> He didn't even play that well that game, That but, but that may have been his best performance of the year given the circumstances. And he's just – he's through all the adversity this season, all the COVID, whatever – Uh, he's still been able to come out and look like an MVP in the month of December at the very least. And these past four games, he's looked a lot like he did last season, which I wasn't sure if we were ever going to reach, but it's just, if it continues, then it's going to be hard to not vote for him. When you look at the stats between Brady and Rogers after this game, uh, it's, I mean, you got to take into account that Rogers has played one less, right? But the numbers are pretty similar apart from one big thing. And we talked about it last week. Rodgers has 30 touchdowns, 4 picks. Brady has 36 touchdowns, 11 picks. And that's the difference. I mean, throw in another game from Rodgers, add 3 touchdowns to it, 33-4 and four versus 36-11. and 11. I mean, who's the who's got the better numbers there? It's pretty clear to me. But these voters are weird. I mean, if they have an issue with Rodgers, you know, like his vaccine stance and whatnot, maybe that'll factor in. But objectively, when you look at the way that these quarterbacks have played, who means more to their team? And all of the above, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers hands down. So I'm excited to see how this goes. And, you know, regardless of whether he wins it or not, we have bigger aspirations. And I think we're going to, you know, the MVP would just be an icing on the cake type thing. Uh, But, of course, we have bigger aspirations. So I'm looking forward to all of it. Are you at all worried about the MVP curse? Because I'd be lying if I said it wasn't in the back of my mind. I don't think the MVP has won the Super Bowl since 1999, Kurt Warner. <laughs> like, that's insane, isn't it? Like, the fact that the best player in the league, the best quarterback in the league, hasn't won the Super Bowl since 1999? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's just like the Madden curse where it's just coincidence. But last year is a perfect example of where we should have won the Super Bowl last year, man. We should have won the Super Bowl. And just the things go wrong. And that's happened for every MVP since 1999. It's look, I'm not I I'm like the the least believer in like curses yeah, or jinx. You, you know that Griff, like that I absolutely hate that. Like it's just the dumbest thing to me. I know that you like to uh I know you like to comment sarcastically to people who comment on your page that you're going to jinx the team. Oh That's yes, I always get activities. the comments. Anytime I post like anything about any positive statistic, oh, don't jinx us, and I always like to say while I'm flattered you think that my Instagram post impacts 11 professionals on offense and 11 professionals on defense playing professional football on a game in which I will not be attending. Like, you know, I always say stuff have like that. that. Copy, do you have that copy pasted? No, but I pretty much have it memorized at this point because <laughs> it just annoys me every time. I can't post any positive stats because I will oh, jinx I us. It's the, the don't worst. jinx it crowd. There's nothing worse than the don't jinx it crowd. Don't be the don't jinx it guy. I'm <laughs> oh gonna. Oh my gosh! I, when I it's this, flattering, really. You think I have that kind of power? You think I'm that yeah. powerful? Like I, it's flattering, really. But at the same time, it's the dumbest thing I could ever imagine. When I promote this podcast tomorrow, I'm gonna attach a, a post to it that says that the Packers are now 11 and 0 in the month of December under Matt Lafleur. Crazy stat, by the way. But Oof. I cannot wait for the comments on that one. Yep. Oh, great. Now next year in December, we're going to lose all four games. <laughs> like, come on. That's the thing. That's every. And, and But, you know, my other argument against it is my other argument against it is somebody in some other area is say, like if I say Matt LaFleur is is nine and oh in December, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
somebody in some other place is saying, oh, well, the 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 Browns have this stat in December, and it's like one of them's got to be right and one of them's going to be wrong. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like who's who's the jinxer and who's like you know like who's right and who's jinxing? Like it's it's just the dumbest thing. Not I mean I that's think it's like about it, but I think what it's is like it, Griff? I think it's young people who do that because when I was a kid, ah. I was so superstitious. Like I had, I had a chair that I had to sit in during every single Packer game. I still wear a Rogers jersey during every Packer game, but well, I don't there's know. there's like good luck, superstitious. right? Used to wear there's a visor every single game. There's, is there? You believe in luck, but you don't believe in jinx. Explain. No, that but like me. that's no, no, that's not what I said. There's, there's, <laughs> I, I think there's, I think there's like you just like to have your routine that like you know like you just feel like this is this is what I want to do like and I feel like it gives us like. It gives me the best feeling about our chances to win. That's what I like. I, I don't really do that stuff, but like I could see that more so than like somebody saying that my post has an it. impact on. Yeah, somebody saying that my post has an impact on the game. It's like, come on, like, yeah. like really, like that's that's where I draw the line. Like, yes, sometimes wear your, wear your lucky socks, Griff, or wear your hat, or <laughs> sit in your sit in your stupid little chair, or wherever you want to sit on game days. <laughs> Easy I mean, on the chair, man. That chair yeah. went twelve and zero in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> and you know when you're at the game, uh, three and zero when I'm at the game. Oh three my and 0. god! It, it must be the jinx. I swear. I'm like a hundred sixty first thousand in line for season tickets. That we got to accelerate that because that's yeah eight, eight eight wins a year. Just that's the baseline. No, hey, we'll but, get uh, you. A, we'll get you a lucky little chair at Lambo. Oh yeah, I can bring the chair to Lambo. What does that do? That's like a guaranteed forty point win right there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this game a little bit, which we haven't talked about about 15 minutes into this podcast. Um, another great win. Another <laughs> the score 31 to 30. It always catches me off guard every time I've looked at it in the past 24 hours. But it was a great win. The offense played so well. They were moving up and down the field. And at this point, it's it's not a one game thing. It's not like wow, they played so well this game. It's that's just who they are now. This is this is the 2020 offense. This is the offense, the Matt Lafleur, Aaron Rodgers offense that we're used to seeing. And they had another excellent game where they moved the ball at will. Minus a few drives, but uh, the defense, maybe not all that we wanted to see. And the special teams, definitely, again, not all that we wanted to see. But in terms of the offense, there's not much more that I could have asked for. Yeah, the offense. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he played great once again. I don't think missed, we've done yes, that this he missed podcast. A couple throws. No, yeah. we ha- I don't know if – who is he, actually? <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> but, all we've talked about so far. But, yes, no, Rodgers right. played, well, played, well. played great. Yes. He played – he's worth mentioning again. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. MVP. We could talk about him for the whole show if we wanted to, and we could easily do it. And people would listen just as much, if not more, because that's how good this guy plays. And he did it again on, on Sunday against a good football team with a good head coach on the defensive side of the ball. That's a good football team, the Ravens. You have to give them credit. They've got good personnel. They were missing some guys, but their their scheme is still there, and they're led by one of the great defensive minds in the league. They've got a bunch of good guys in that uh, in that Ravens coaching staff. Wink Martindale, of course, Har- Harbaugh making a lot of the decisions. That is a, a good group there on defense, and the Packers pretty much had their way with them in the second half. Um, they started out slow again, though, Griff, and it's the crazy thing. They, they did that slow start thing. Can we do that against a team? At, like I'm expecting that at Super this point. Bowl? Right? Like, can we do that against Kansas City in the Super Bowl? What if they get out to a huge lead that we can't overcome? We have to come out hot. You know what I mean? Those are the kind of things we have to start working on. Um, I have a lot to say about uh, the idea of complementary football, which I think is 
one thing we are just absolutely lacking at this point. That might be our worst, even more so than special teams, and that's included in the complimentary football discussion. But this is maybe our biggest issue, and the one thing that potentially scares me a little bit about the the future of this team. Um, Offense, we've been playing really well, but the defensive side of the ball has just been falling off a little bit. We've allowed so many big plays. Tyler Huntley ran all over us, just like other quarterbacks like Justin Fields did the week before. Anybody who's relatively fast has ran all over us, apart from Kyler Murray, I would say. Um, So we have to fix some of these things. We need to start playing good defense while we're playing this good offense. The defense was good when our offense wasn't as good. And that was just not, that wasn't long ago. The offense is just starting to heat up really since that Minnesota game, maybe a couple games before, but that we have gotten healthier on the offensive side of the ball, but we need to continue to play better on defense. And it, it starts with the big plays. I'm hoping this will happen when Zadarius and Jair get back on the field. Maybe that's the equalizer, right? To get those guys back, get the defense back to the level it was playing at, and maybe more, even better. Um, than it was when we were shutting teams out, like we shut out the Seahawks and we dominated teams like Arizona and others where we were just not letting these good offenses score more than 20-something points. Now teams are consistently hitting that 30 mark because the Bears did it and now the Ravens did it. And we've got to find a way to allow less points, allow less big plays. I'm hoping that the the two defensive all-pros returning will help that. And I'm hoping, you know, we added some special teams guys this week you know, we're continuing to look at ways to improve that, although we're still playing like absolute garbage on special teams, literally the worst special teams in the league this year, the Green Bay Packers. So if we can fix some of those areas, start playing complimentary football, meaning everything is married together to help us having all three sides of the ball playing extremely well at the same time, that's how you win a Super Bowl. Because if you have one side of the ball not playing up to snuff, some team is going to take advantage of that, and the best team will win because they have all three sides playing better than the other team. Yeah, man. Well, part of this, I don't know. It just feels like the Ravens' offense is almost the kryptonite for the Packers' defense because we saw last week Justin Fields, the way he was able to run all over us on the scramble drill. It, all season, I've been saying, like, Trey Lance. Why didn't they use Trey Lance more, the 49ers, week three? Why didn't they use him in the QB run game more? Why didn't Kyler Murray have more designed runs? Why doesn't Justin Fields have more designed runs? Because every time he takes off, it's a scramble drill. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if these guys are watching film, but I've been glad that no one has really tried to use the QB run game on us. But uh, the Baltimore, we knew that they weren't going to, they weren't just going to sit back and make Tyler Huntley drop back 40 times. He had some nice QB designed runs and he had some nice scrambles true. So it just feels like a type of game, you know, without Kenny Clark in the middle, it just feels like a type of game that I'm willing to throw out. And we held them to 17 points late into the fourth quarter. A lot of stuff happened late in that game that is we're used to seeing from the Packers defense. So I'm not going to take too much from this game. It was scary. I'm just happy we got the dub. But this back to the offense. We're so off track. Back to the offense. They're playing out of their minds right right now. Uh, the, the run game is kind of heating up. You know, coming into this game, everyone in their mother knows that the, the Ravens cannot defend the pass. And they have a great run defense, maybe the best run defense in the league, but they cannot defend the pass with all the injuries that they have in the secondary. So what do we do? Of course, we come out and run down their throats with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones to open the game. We just keep running it. And then uh, Rodgers misses Devontae early, which was such a beautiful route. I wish Rodgers would have hit him because that would have been on a highlight reel for years to come. But he couldn't hit him, and we go three and out on the opening drive. Wow, that I haven't seen that one before this year. The opening drive stuff is so strange because for so long, Rodgers, even 
in the McCarthy days. Rodgers has been so good in the first quarter. He's been so good on the opening drive. But this year, it's just not there. And, like, you could tell the Ravens, their opening drive, when they got stopped on fourth down late, deep into our territory, uh, they had a perfectly scripted opening drive where they just went right down the field. Every play was working. I don't know what it is, but we just cannot script a series to open the game. And that's something they need to work on. But it's always, after the first quarter, it's like, uh, this sucks, this sucks, but it always kicks back into gear and looks like what we're used to seeing. So uh, the opening drive, maybe they should work on that. And you're right, maybe against a good team like Kansas City or in the playoffs against the Buccaneers, maybe we're not going to get away with those first quarter woes. So it's it'd be nice if against a team like the Browns or the Vikings, we can get it figured out so it doesn't come back to bite us in the playoffs. There was a lot of talk about possibly, you know, is it because Aaron isn't practicing and he's getting off to a bit of a slow start? He needs to get in the rhythm. Is, does he need to get into a groove? And then when he finally gets in that groove, it's, you know, bombs away from there. But I'm not sure how, you know, maybe maybe you think that, maybe you don't. I don't know if that's it or not, but uh, it might contribute to it, you know, some of the slow starts that we've had. Uh, there's a lot that, that is involved in that kind of thing. You know, the one thing that's concerning is when they've got these play calls that, like, they want to run and everybody agrees that it's the right thing to do and then they come out and they don't execute. That's the that's the worst part of it because if we get off to a hotter start, it's going to make the whole game a lot smoother because that's when you put the pressure on the other team. I mean, we had we have to gain regain the momentum at that point because we're losing and you know the last two games now and it's not the first time this has happened, but we're on a stretch of games now where we have to regain the momentum to start a half, um, and that's challenging. And against a really really good team. That's a challenging thing to do, but ever I mean, even in the NFC Championship, we were down by a boatload, came back to within eight, obviously, and had a chance to to win it there until the you know the way it ended. But that this has been the nature of this team for a while now is if we get down by too much, we're not going to get it done. But if we can stay within range and regain the momentum, like I said, a super challenging thing, then we're usually able to come out with the win. Um, but the best part is when we're blowing the doors off of them early and then we're trying to make teams play catch up. That's the best way to win. Um, and it, it leaves a lot more room for error. The margin of error is a lot wider when we're playing that way. So I'm hoping we can get back into that range. And I think that's going to start with, you know, the defense played well yesterday at times for sure. I mean, getting that stop on the first drive, holding them on fourth and goal, that was huge. But after that, pretty much for the rest of the first half, they didn't play as well as I would have liked. Um, I'd like to see them play a little better. And then as the fourth quarter kind of came down and they got back into the game, that was not great either. We need to see more consistent performances like we saw earlier in the year from this defense. And I think the offense kind of same way. We have to play consistently throughout a football game. We have to have one of those games where from start to finish, all three phases play well enough where we blow the doors off a team. We haven't done that. We really didn't do it last year much. I would say the Titans game was that game last year. We need a game like that. Against the Browns would be a really good opportunity, or On the Christmas. Vikings, right? Christmas. Let's, oh, let's against the Vikings. Let's put it what all would together. You happen? Well, it doesn't really matter. We need to win all the games. It doesn't matter which one. Obviously, well, yeah, I prefer but... the Vikings. You prefer the? Of course, we want to. Yeah, we you make prefer the Vikings, the Vikings like or do you prefer Christmas Day special? Well, I mean, let's see what Santa leaves under the tree and ask me next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean it. It all goes hand in hand. I was thinking that last week was that game where we blew the blew the doors off the Bears, but that didn't happen. Actually, they scored thirty points, and the special teams had an all time 
awful game. So, yeah, you're right. That hasn't happened this season. And uh, maybe it'll be week 16, just like it was last year against the Titans. And maybe it'll snow on Christmas. I don't know what the Green Bay weather's looking like. I, I stopped monitoring that after my game because I was monitor- monitoring it for like a, a month before my game. Um, for me, it's like if the if the defense wants to catch up and play as well as they were playing early in the season, then that's great. But I don't think this offense really needs uh, a, a defense that's going to lock down teams like it looked like we were able to early in the season. And the truth is that defense is mostly random and that you there's a lot a lockdown true elite defense is really hard to come by and it takes a perfect storm of talent to have that think of like the 2015 broncos or the 2013 seahawks or obviously the 85 bears like it takes so much so many things to happen and so many good players to have on one team that that's that's a defense that's truly able to stop a, an opposing offense but most defenses don't have that and most money goes into the offense in NFL teams when we look good on defense it's mostly product of the offense not having their best day at the office but and when we look bad on defense it's usually because a guy like Tyler Huntley comes in and shocks everyone and plays better so i i this is an offensive league and i cannot expect much out of this defense and I, again i thought they played pretty well yesterday for a lot of that game but if they want to come back in the playoffs and have a game like they get like they did against the Cardinals week eight, then that would be great. And it would perfectly pair well with our offense, the way that they're playing right now. But I'm not expecting that. And I, I think, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem for this offense. Well, I mean, it's the way you say that it kind of, to me, like discredits that we've got a lot of good players on this defense. I feel like we're capable of being elite on that side of the ball and we should be playing like that. I get that. Like you said, you made a good point about how it is an offensive league. It, I mean, it's hard to play defense in this league. Just like we always say, it's hard to play middle linebacker. It's hard to play every position on defense because it's an offensive league. I mean, offenses are always going to have their success. They're all, you know, you're always going to score points. Like on the rare occasion that a guy like Tom Brady gets shut out, that's about it really. I mean, like every other team is going to score, you know, even if you're the Jets, like the Jet, like the Jets score points every week. Like, and that's, and it doesn't matter who they're playing. Yeah. Well, I get, I don't know if they've got shut out this year or not, but I mean, (laughs) most of the time, yeah, maybe, I don't, maybe they probably get shut out like six or seven times, but (laughs) even even with the way that, you know, the Jets play every week, like they still put points on the board against whoever they're up against most of the time. And that defense has its moments, right? Like it's just like anything, I guess, in this league, as Mike McCarthy would say. It's like anything. Yeah. It's like anything. If you can do the Pittsburgh accent, it's like anything, yeah, I, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not concerned about the defense. I just would like them to start playing better as we approach the playoffs, and that's the best way to win. you got to be playing. Who's the hottest at that time? You know, who's the hottest team in the playoffs at that time? That's the team who usually wins it all. Like, who's playing their best football down the stretch? That's mm-hmm. got to be us. We can't leave room for like, oh, we don't need this. Maybe we don't need the defense. Well, maybe we don't, but it would sure be nice to have it, right? Like to be yeah, to have an elite defense. Right. We we need to win. I mean, we can't be playing around anymore. Like it's time to just win one of these things. I don't care if we, you know, I, I don't care if we have everything up to perfection. There's no room for error. We need. I don't care if it, you know, whatever it takes. I don't care if we're beating teams by forty. We can't relax. Like we need to do this the right way for the first time since 2011-2010 season, we need to do it all, everything the right way in, at our best in order to win the Super Bowl this year. So that way we have no margin for error and, uh, and we can just get the job done finally. I posted yesterday 
a graphic that was like the NFC North winner since 2011. It's Green Bay, Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers, then like three seasons of the Vikings or the Bears. And it's like, wow, we have dominated this division. And I got so many comments saying only one Super Bowl, which is funny because it's actually zero Super Bowls in, in that span that I listed. But it's like, what do, what do I even say to that? I can't even say anything to that. It's depressing that we haven't won a Super Bowl with all these elite seasons and all these Rodgers MVP seasons that we've had. And every year we're going to the playoffs saying we can be the hottest team going into January. We can get the home field advantage and no one wants to come to Lambeau and no one wants to play Rodgers right now. And it's like every year something happens that it just goes wrong and it all means nothing like we cannot have that happen again. We need this defense to start playing better to prevent that from happening because last year in the championship game, uh, the offense, they had three possessions uh, where the defense picked off Tom Brady and they couldn't do anything with it. But ultimately, the defense made a lot of bad plays in that game that contributed to the loss there. That if like if Kevin King is able to play the football, maybe we don't lose. If Shannon Sullivan isn't getting roasted, maybe we don't lose. If Darnell is able to make a play on the football, maybe we don't lose. We need like just a the few Redmonds. Oh, the, the Will, Will Redmond. The Will Redmond. And Redman, by the way, yes. we never discussed this, and I'm I'm not one to celebrate, but he has been released. I think we like maybe six weeks ago. He was cut off IR. I I'm that's sad that you're bringing that up. You're talking about a man losing his job, Ron. Well, he's richer than all of us, Griff. <laughs> that's true. He's got a lot. I mean, more he's gotten his money. He was awful. Yeah. I hate to say it. I mean, I'm done. I, well, okay. I don't want to sound like a mean guy or whatever, but like, yeah. You sound like I mean, a mean this guy. I, well, whatever. He was bad. He cost <laughs> he was, us the NFC Championship yes. game. Okay. He was bad. Okay, I don't... Yeah, all right. Well. I, everybody knows... Anybody who's listened to this show for a long time knows that this guy may be my least favorite player. Of all time. Seriously. Like, he may be In any sport. Player. Maybe my least favorite human. <laughs> least favorite human. That's... Wow. Poor Will Redman, man. <laughs> He's not expecting to wind up on that list. Bronze least favorite humans. Will Redman at the top. No, yeah. but you know, we can't we can't afford to have defensive mistakes like that. And so that's why it it's so exciting to think about Zadarius coming back and he's able to contribute more than maybe a Jonathan Garvin has been able to. And Jair is gonna come back and we won't have to rely on rookie Eric Stokes as much as we do right now. And maybe that's that's gonna that's gonna be what puts us over the hump. You know, it's like in Mario when you Mario Kart when you save your mushroom to the final lap and then you use it and it's just like, Oh, now you're you were in second place and now you're in first place and there's no chance anyone's going to keep up with you. Like that's what that's what we have right now on injured reserve with Z. What an and... obscure reference. <laughs> hey man, that's what pe- that's what the people listen for. No, yeah, but we got yeah. All our listeners are avid Mario Kart fans. Mario Kart's a great game, one of the classics of my generation. But we got Z, we got Bakhtiari and Jair about to come back. Three all pros who can maybe prevent some of the mistakes that we've seen in Packers playoff history. Even even last year in the in the NFC Championship game, the offensive line, that's a big reason we didn't win. That's a big reason we didn't win. Rodgers was under more pressure that game than he'd been almost all season. So it's like there's so many areas where we're struggling right now, but we've got guys on the way to sure that up. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's not many areas where we're struggling. I feel like we're in a pretty good spot. Well, kind of, you where, know. Where do you think we're struggling? Like, where? tell me where you think we're struggling. I'm not saying and that we're struggling. Me, we'll come, and just put it in Mario Kart terms for the rest of us. I'm not saying that we're struggling. I'm saying that these are areas that could maybe come back to bite us in the playoffs because they're not playing as well as we'd like them to right now. Like Eric Stokes, he's played very good for a rookie. I've been very impressed by him, but he's gotten beat a lot this season. And so maybe when we get Jair back, we won't have to rely on him to cover 
the uh, the DeAndre Hopkins of the league and whatnot. And we'll have Jair there, and Eric Stokes can be pushed further down the depth chart. And same with Jonathan Gar Jonathan Garvin and uh, Tipa Nalia. I still don't know how to say that. Am I saying that right? Nalia. I think that's what Tro- Troy Aikman said. Yep. That's so how it's you like it. you know they're. They're playing well enough, but they're still not playing at a level that I'm confident can push us all the way to the Super Bowl. And it, it's it shores up a lot of areas that maybe if we played the playoffs tomorrow with the current roster, those guys would make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point for sure. When I and I've made this, they point are the mushrooms times. that are gonna push us through the final lap. Yeah, sure, right. And I think I mean this was this was hopefully no blue shells. Year. Okay, that's enough. There's <laughs> uh, don't no banana peels on the way down. <laughs> yeah, you played it but, before, uh, huh? Yes, I've yeah, I've lived the life. Um, but no, I've made this point a hundred times about what they did, what Tom Brady and the Bucks did to Chandon Sullivan and Kevin King last year. They just exploited both of those guys because no nobody else in the league was able to do it because they just don't have the same personnel that the Bucks have. So when you have Chris Godwin against Shannon Sullivan and name, I mean, name the other Bucks receivers, right? Like Mike Evans, whoever it was, Scotty Miller, guys that are faster, stronger. Don't say Scotty Miller King. on this podcast. Don't say oh, Scotty Miller. Sorry, on this podcast. bleep that out. Sorry, folks, bleep that, bleep that out. But uh, uh, I mean, yeah, name whoever you know, whatever receiver that Kevin King got beat by on that fine evening. Uh, I mean. It was it was not good. So we have to like once it's Jair and Rasul, who's a big time gamer, um, Super Bowl player. He's played in the Super Bowl as has Devondre Campbell. A point I made in a post this week, and that is a big, big time gamers, big time gamer. He's a he's a big gamer. gamer. <laughs> yes, this guy is a baller. I mean, he is gonna he's gonna be a big impact on this football team because of the Super Bowl experience that he has, as well as Campbell. Um, that's an underrated part of, of bringing them in is guys that have played in the Super Bowl. Rasul Douglas being a winner of that Super Bowl against, guess who? Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Is that his full name? Yep. Wow. How did you know that? I don't know. But, I mean, Devondre Campbell played against Brady, too, in that Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's experience that matters. It matters. It's important. And now those two guys were not on the field last year when we played them. And those two guys are at the heart and soul of our defense this year. Um, as big a part of this thing as anybody. That's valuable to me. And I think that's underrated, not being talked about. And that is a point I did want to add on as well. So it's going to be a difference. It's it's not Kevin, it's not Kevin King and Shannon Sullivan. It's now Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell. And we'll see what else. Jamal but Martin. Yeah, that too. Other guys that we're playing that are not on the field this time. And we've got the additions of those two, plus the way that the offense is playing. You know, Randall Cobb hopefully we'll have back by then. Like, I'd like to see, you know, if that's that's if we have to play them again, we're going to get into the playoff picture um, in a little bit, and we'll see who could be a possibility. But, um, yeah, a lot of good things, I think, about the way that this defense and offense is shaping up. Despite, like what Griff said, we're going to be getting even better with the return of our favorites, um, Jair, Zedarius, and the big draft, David. Bakhtiari. The big giraffe. I heard that recently. Where did I hear that? Did I hear Aaron say that yesterday? Yeah, Aaron says that's that. Where I heard it. That's what yeah. Aaron calls him, the big giraffe. Interesting. I want to talk a little bit about EPA. If if you don't know what EPA is, it stands for expected points added. It's just a general term for it's a general measure of offensive efficiency. And uh it's it's a lot more, you know, it's a lot more reliable than things like points per game and whatnot. 
Uh, it basically, so if you don't know what EPA is, every every down and distance, every situation on the field, depending on where you are on the field and the down and distance, it, it gives you an expected points in terms of what is the average point scored on that possession, depending on where you are on the field and the down and distance. And uh, every play adds points or subtracts points. So like a, a net minus one run play on first and 10, that's going to be negative EPA. It, you, you can read articles about it. I know I didn't explain it very well just then, but the Packers, since week two, this is seriously absurd, since week two, the Packers, all season, the Packers have had the most productive offense in the league, the most efficient offense in the league. But since week two, it's absurd. Their drop back EPA, Aaron Rodgers EPA per play is at 0.29. Second place is the Rams at 0.19. That is a whole tenth of a point per play better than anyone else in the league. And third place is uh, the Bills at 0.188. So the difference between second place and third place is so small, but the, the, difference between first place and second place is ginormous and when you expand to including last year too the Packers their offense has been otherworldly ridiculous and at times this season we've been like wow it's really not as good as it was last year but uh, now that we've had a few good games and you go big picture it's looking a lot like what we, what we expected it to look like yeah Griff I mean well that's I mean that's a lot of numbers you just threw at us and I don't really comprehend them at this moment but uh the point you made, I think, overall is it's really not about how you play for the entire season, but how you're playing, you know, during the stretch. You talked about the offense was not as good at one point and it hasn't been playing. Well, it has been playing much better than it was pretty much for that good first stretch about eight weeks of the year. And then we finally started turning it on more and more as we go. Um, and now we're looking like that 2021 offense. We're looking like that team that we were last year. We're This team that we are now in 2021 is what we thought it would be on the offensive side of the ball for sure. And the defense is still playing good enough to where I think we're in a really good spot. And I think I'd like to see the defense get better, but the offense is in that it's at that point now where I feel comfortable about where, how we're playing and who we're playing with and, and the success we're having against some good teams. Um, and you know, like, you know, week one has, has no bearing on what we're doing right now. Neither does week two, three, four, five. I mean, these last several weeks definitely do. But those ones from weeks and weeks ago with guys that were hurt then and are back now, all of that doesn't even matter as much. It's, it really is about how we're playing right now. And, and all these numbers take into account the full year, right? But what we're doing now is exceeding even all of our expectations. So I'm, I'm excited about that for sure. I think it's more like... Like if we get lost in the flow of the season a lot of the time. So early on in the season, we have these ugly games like the Seattle game and the Cardinals game on offense wasn't pretty. And the Bears game week six, we only scored 24 points. But it's like, oh, wow, this offense isn't really playing well. But, you know, you go back to 2020, we had our ugly games, too. They were just more dispersed around the season, like the Panthers game week 15. That was a really ugly game. If you remember the Jaguars game, we they were winless, I believe. And we only beat them by like three points or something like that. The Colts game, we lost that game we had a lot of games last year where the offense didn't look very good uh the bucks game week six that was one of the worst games that we played all season it's easy to think that the packers like their their offense isn't looking as good but when you simulate the full season again this is this is what we expected the offense to look like big picture and last year a lot of our games we had ugly games that were you know randomized throughout the season but a lot of them were clumped together this year where it makes you think that the offense isn't doing what it's doing but uh, now that we're, you know, week 15 going into week 16, this is right where we expected them to be. And once again, Rodgers is in the thick of it in the MVP race. Before we get 
get to fan questions, Griff. Let's talk about our opponent on Christmas Day, the Cleveland Browns. Yes, uh, to talk Christmas about Day game. Big When's game. the last Christmas Day game you can remember for the Packers? I, I Not that I've been watching. No, I have no idea. But Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Great Christmas song. No, but this is going to be a fun game. The Browns are obviously pillaged with COVID right now and injuries, but we're expecting them to have their quarterback back. They just lost to the Raiders earlier tonight, but uh, you know, that's not really the Browns team that we're going to be going up against. So uh, I don't know. What are you thinking about this game, Brown? Yeah, Griff. I mean, this one is going to be a, it's a big game for us, obviously. Um, well, it's an AFC matchup, just like AFC North just like the Ravens uh, were just a week ago, obviously at this time. And will it be a white Christmas is the question. Um, it's the most wonderful time of the year, obviously. Um, and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas as well. Uh, when you talk about the I, big picture. So I didn't know if you, <laughs> I didn't know if you were doing a thing there or not. Well, Let's see, Saturday ho- is showing no snow. So we better hope it's not a silent night because we need our fans to be rocking. So, <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, any more? Any more? Put you on the spot? Yeah, we'll see what happens over the course of the next yeah. few minutes. Okay. Well, the Browns are a team that, you know, a lot like the Ravens, a lot like every single team in the AFC North. I don't know what to expect from them week in and week out. I don't think they're a very good team, but you never know. They could come out with a performance all of a sudden like they did against the Bengals a few weeks ago and absolutely blow them out of the doors. Uh, that could happen. I don't expect that to happen, actually. But, you know, they're, they're capable of having a performance like that where they just run the game, run the ball with Nick Chubb, and he's able to take over a game. And Baker Mayfield is a great system quarterback, similar to Kirk Cousins, who can, when things are going right, he can, he can play well enough to lead his team to victory. But, you know, overall this season, they have not been a very good offense, and they haven't been a great defense given the, the amount of talent that they brought in. And they've kind of been a little bit worse. They've definitely underwhelmed a lot of people given the expectations that they had. And uh, Jarvis Landry, he's their number one receiver right now, but there's a lot of talk that maybe they need someone else to bring in because, and and also Baker. Baker is a big, he's going to be a big story this offseason because what do the Browns do with Baker Mayfield? He's not looking like the number one over number one overall pick that they drafted, but he's also hasn't looked terrible enough to just move on from him without any, uh, without any pushback from the fans. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff right there. But uh, in terms of this game, I don't expect him to play very well because I don't think he's a very good quarterback. And I think the Packers should win this one pretty easily. I know I just gave you a lot there, Braun, but Hey man, what can I say? That's what I'm expecting. Well, I'm just hoping little St. Nick doesn't run all over us and rock around our Christmas tree. There um, it is. <laughs> that's that's really all. I, and I just, you know, when you when you talk about this this group of guys that the, that the Browns have, um, you know, God rest ye merry gentlemen. Honestly, I mean, in this in this one, it's just like you got to look at the at the sleigh ride we've got here, and it's going to be a tough ride. I mean, we've got a, a, a it's it's a good football team. They're sitting at seven and seven. They lost to the they did lose to the Raiders. Um, and you know, hopefully it's not a blue Christmas for us because we've got a big one, um, after that against the Vikings who, you know, they're still competing. They're in the playoff picture. It's not, it's not like they're out of it. You know, do you hear what I hear Griff about the, about the Vikings that this game, they're going to, they're going to go out and beat the, it looks like they're going to beat the bears here. It's 17 to three. Um, uh, that's, that's what the score is right now with one second left in the fourth quarter. So barring some kind of 14 point play, um, that one's going to (laughs) be, That one's going to be, uh, that one's over, but, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I, and against the Vikings, you know, in previous years with Kyle Rudolph there, you know, we were always hoping that, you know, we wouldn't see run Rudolph run. Um, but he's not there anymore. That's one thing we won't have to worry about in that game. 
Did you um, just bring up the Vikings just so you could make that Kyle Rudolph joke? Well, these, these the are getting is, a lot worse as it goes on, by the way. Well, the, well, I just, I'm just worried about the little drummer boy, Baker Mayfield, this week, and then I'm looking <laughs> into next week as well. Um, <laughs> Why is he the little drummer boy? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm running out of ideas, Greg. <laughs> a lot of these are bad. You're bringing up songs I've never heard of, and, and how Baker is the little drummer boy, and you're bringing up the Vikings. <laughs> well, I just hope that baby it's cold the outside. Tight end that's not on their team anymore. Well, I just hope that baby it's cold outside by the time we get to Christmas in our game against the Browns, because I'll yeah. be home for Christmas. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, do you have anything to say about the Browns? All I want for Christmas is my three remaining wins that we need to secure this one seed. Um, this but in terms of, of the Browns, what'd you say? This is one of them. We need to win this one. Yeah, this is one of those. And um, to me, I do like that we've got a matchup with this Browns team. It's kind of reeling now because they're losing games. They're in a fight for their division, though. I mean, they're not out of it yet, right? Uh, that division is totally up for grabs. So I don't think it's – I definitely don't think it's uh, – out of reach for them. And, and this is going to be a game that both teams are going to want to win and have, a, there's a lot of, a lot at stake for both teams, because if we lose this game, we have to hope it's not out of the woods for us yet. Like we can still lose a game with, in terms of the Tampa Bay tiebreaker and the uh, Cardinals tiebreaker, we have those, but the Cowboys, if they, if let's say they win their next two, now we're in a position where we have to win our next three. Otherwise the Cowboys of all people would get the one seed. So that's, you know, that is something interesting as well. The Cowboys are pretty much in the second best position to get that one seed after this loss um, by the uh, by the Bucks the other night. Wow. So you've turned this Browns discussion from a Browns discussion to a how many Christmas song jokes can I make in the span of five minutes? And now you're talking about the playoff picture. I'm down for it. I, I don't like previewing games anyway. So the playoff picture, yeah, it, it is what it is. The Packers are in a great spot right now, but obviously they've still got to take care of business. Are we ready for fan questions here, Brown? Wait, Griff, hold on. Hold on one second. Hold what? on. I just saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, okay. Okay. Fan question time. Fan Christmas questions it is. Time. All right. That's it for me on the Christmas front. Yeah. Here's a good question I did get, Griff, from Nelson Oliveros. Uh, he asks, from the teams with winning records that are playoff bound, who do you think had the easiest schedule and the hardest schedule? Um, I feel like that was an interesting topic. Uh, who do you think has had a soft road that you know maybe is a little bit vulnerable against some good teams that they play? And then who has had a really tough schedule? I feel like I think we've had a tough schedule. Um, we've had a we've put, we've played a lot of the playoff teams, a lot of really good football teams, even some of the bad ones we've played. Um, have been, you know, they have good rosters or, or good parts of their team that are challenging. I don't know about you, Griff. I, I do think we are in that harder section of the schedule, but I think the Bucks have had a really easy schedule. So what do, tell me what you think about that question. Well, I'm, I'm pulling up the PFF data right here. By the way, I got my premium stats back, so that's good. But uh, it's, to date, the hardest schedule has been the Washington football team per PFF. Uh, PFF, like, weights it based on team team grades and everything like that and then uh the next playoff team up here happens to be in the nfc happens to be dallas they've had the eighth hardest schedule this season which is the uh the most among division leaders in the nfc right now so uh, i was actually gonna i was gonna say dallas obviously i don't have the entire nfl season mapped out in my brain but my hunch was dallas because you know they just played the they just played the giants they played the the football team two weeks ago and they haven't looked good but it hasn't resulted in losses mainly because these last two weeks that 
uh, the opposing offense is just not very good. But uh, yeah, uh, so it happens to be that the uh, the easiest schedule to date per PFF in the NFC uh, playoff picture happens to be Minnesota. They're not in the picture right now. Are they? I don't know. But then LA. LA is 20, 23rd hardest schedule, which would be the ninth easiest schedule. So uh, tied for ninth easiest schedule. So, I mean, I'm not going to give an answer here. I'm going to refer to PFF. The ultimate cop out. Uh, here's a, here's a fun question from um, uh, Brendan Villa. What is your take on the relativity of quantum physics and astrology to the backers? Um, this one from uh, it's Jackie M O J R. Not even think, comment on that last one. Yeah, no. Do you think we are not using Amari Rogers as much as we should? He has been MIA on offense at least, but uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's tough. Well, I mean, I was, it's. Yeah, he's got to contribute. I mean, it's different. Like, with Cobb, like, I'm going to compare him to Randall Cobb. He showed so much on special teams to the point where we had to start playing him more on offense uh, as a returner. He was also what, a first-rounder. No, Yeah, that's rounder. a dip. No, okay, second-rounder. Second rounder. Rounder. Not that much of a difference. Packers said they would have picked Amari in the second round if uh, – who would they pick? Oh, Josh Myers. If Myers wasn't there, they said he was going to be picked. They wanted to trade up for him is what it was. They wanted to trade up for him in the second round, and they just didn't find it. And then he ended up being there in the third. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to compare him to Randall Cobb because of the relationship they have. They're similar in positions, like you know the slot receiver type, whatever. Amari just hasn't been consistent enough on special teams. I think he has a lot to offer on offense, but with the guys we've got out there, who are we playing him over? Like, I mean, there's not like it's not like there's like spots to fill. We've got guys that are playing well. I think EQ when he comes back has rights over him. I would say, um, yeah, and so does Cobb, obviously. Yeah, whenever the, Cobb comes back, the one thing that disappoints you about Amari has to be well, special teams. That is like, God, man, we were hoping that like Tyler Irvin's gone. We don't have a punt returner, but it's Amari. He can te- he can definitely do it. He's a third round receiver. We can obviously plug him in a returner. And he's going to give us some value there. But not only can he not catch a lot of the time, but he also he's just not dynamic as a returner. He's not dynamic with the ball in his hands in the return game. So that's pretty upsetting. But it's also upsetting that I was hoping, especially early on in the season, I was hoping that LaFleur would have carved out a role for Amari, especially by now. Like he's just got nothing to do on offense. And he comes in for a jet motion every now and then. But that's about it. You know, like Tyler Irvin had a role in the in the offense in 2019 and 2020 and we picked him up off the street and so i was hoping that maybe their third round receiver they would have a a game plan for him in his rookie season where you're not putting too much on his plate but you're giving him a role and he can uh, affect the defense in some sort of way but that just hasn't happened so far yeah i mean it's unfortunate but it is the reality of the uh the situation i mean he's got time to develop you know he wasn't relied on to be a contributor this year and maybe he'll he'll peel appear in the playoffs or at, you know down the stretch, but um, I think it's okay. He's had growing pains, but it's not unlike any other player that's been drafted over the years. You know, some guys come out and play really well right away. Others take some time. Uh, I mean, we're giving Jordan Love all these, you know, all this time to develop. I mean, we can give Amari Rogers some as well. Here's a question that we tend to touch on every couple of weeks, but um, I feel like it's this is maybe a good time to touch on this. What does our future look like with Rodgers leaving soon, as well as the Tay rumors? And I only want to talk about this because... Oh, no, no. No, we've been... No, this is optimism, dude. This is optimism hour. Did you see his post-game press conference on Fox? 
that is the face and that is the voice of a man who plans on being here a few more, a few more years. Ben Fennell made a very good point on Twitter today. He said, if Jordan Love is okay with being a backup, maybe Jordan Love doesn't want to start right now. Maybe he's he, he's comfortable sitting behind Aaron and learning as much as, as he can and knowing that his time is going to come to be the starting quarterback of the Packers. Maybe not in these next couple seasons, though. Maybe that's the case. And then Rodgers, he's happier than ever this season, man. What if he just wants to stay? And I think he does want to stay. And you've been saying this for a few weeks now, and so have I, but I think I think things are looking a lot better right now than uh, they were at the beginning of the season for sure. And if Rodgers is able to stay, then I have to think that Devontae is able to sort out some kind of some some kind of deal with the Packers, and he's going to st- stick around as well. Okay, well, to me, first of all, Jordan Love wants to start. I mean, like, he wants to play. He does not want – he's not comfortable. I'm sure he there's worse positions to be in, and he knows that, but he wants to play. I mean, I know he does. He, he, he's been asked about it before, and he's like, well, yeah, of course I want to play. Like, And maybe, you know, maybe the Packers trade him at some point. Like, if, if Rodgers is willing to stay and winning MVPs every year, like – Maybe I don't know what's going to happen. What what is something's got to give is what I always say about this situation. Something's got to give, and you know, they 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 offered Rodgers an extension this off season before things went bad. Like, what is their plan? What is the plan? That's my question. Well, I think Goody, knows. I think Goody and Rodgers are in a much better place now than they were this spring was that the spring I have no sense of time but I think that they were at such odds back then that there was really nothing that could have gotten done but now Rodgers has said their relationship is stronger they're dapping each other up at practice I think they're in a good spot now and we know Rodgers had such problems with the the culture and how the Packers treat their players but I think that a lot of that has been sorted out so I don't think he has any real problems with the front office as of right now and so it all comes down to his position as the long-term starter and think of it like this like Josh McDaniels has been told for how many seasons now that he, well, reportedly, is going to be the successor to Bill Belichick when Belichick retires or dies. Uh, McDaniels has been willing to stick around and just be the offensive coordinator and know his role and just wait for that time to come. He would have taken the Green Bay job if it was offered to him. He would have taken it. He took the Indy job. He took the Indy job. This point is invalid. No, he took the Indy job and backed out. Because he was promised to be the starter. I'm saying that there's a chance, or the starter, promised to be the head coach. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. that there's a chance that Jordan Love knows that his time is coming and maybe he's willing to just be the quarterback or the backup quarterback and soak up as much knowledge and experience as he can while uh, he's getting he's playing with free money right now. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Let's just agree to disagree. And you know what that means? This conversation means, is over. That means we'll get back to that in uh, February. Well, I do have one point about Devontae. He said on the Rich Eisen show not long ago, maybe about a week ago, um, he said Aaron um, is in a position where he feels like Aaron is is happier about his position with the team and feels better about the possibility of staying. Devontae said he sees that. You know, he said those words. He said, you know, it, it seems like Aaron is in a better spot with the team and is definitely more receptive to staying past this year. And But, you know, Devontae did say that his his future is probably potentially tied to Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to play into it too. Like are the Packers really willing to lose both Devontae and Aaron, their whole franchise right there? That's a question. I mean, that would be catastrophic to the organization. 
But I'm done talking about the future because we have a Super Bowl to win. Tarak asks, what do you think the Packers can do to improve their special teams moving forward? We're going to get this one every week for the rest of the season. I don't know, man. I think it is what it is. LaFleur still has his feet stuck in on Mo Drayton being the special teams coordinator. I don't see any coaching changes happening. Uh, Crosby, is he's making his kicks lately. Thank God. Bojo had another shank punt. I thought he was a given, but evidently that's maybe not the case. It was in the fourth quarter, too. The last, the worst possible opportunity to shank a punt, Bojo. It looked a little J.K. Scottish there. You know J.K. Scott, he was so unclutch, bro. He was the most unclutch punter that maybe I've ever seen because he would be really strong. He'd be booming them early on in the season. Then when it gets cold out, and especially late in games when we really need a great punt, he just he would had a tendency to really shank them. And Bojo, he's been better than Scott, but he shanked one late in the fourth quarter, which set up the Ravens' potential game-tying drive there at the end. But, uh, you know, we've got our kickers. They're the best part of the special teams operation. The coverage, the return game, all of it is hot garbage fire. I'm thinking that we're just going to have to withstand it, and hopefully it doesn't bite us in the ass, which for a long time I've been saying that special teams will end our season. Still a good chance of that happening, but hopefully not. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm concerned, but, like, it can't get worse, and we're still winning. So, it but really against a great team, but against a great team, it might be too much to overcome. So we'll see what happens, but it can't get worse, so there's that. Hey, they recovered an onside kick against the Ravens. Somehow. A.J. Dillon did it, of course. Who else? God, dude. Get him on the field more often, I guess. Yeah, I know. Just for that. Like, just start playing him on defense. Who cares? Yeah. Those quads. I mean, he could probably play any (laughs) position he wanted. Linebacker. Safety? Throw him out there. Nah, not safety. He's a little small. Kicker? I I literally just said put him in any position, and then I was like, nah, not safety. Actually, not safety. Not corner. Kicker. No, yeah. Kicker? Actually, just he could probably play running back. That's about it. No. <laughs> but no, kicker. He could kick that ball 100 yards probably. I'd like legs. to see A.J. Dillon kick a ball just to see what would happen. Well, we yeah. should have asked him about this when we had him on our podcast. We did have A.J. Dillon on the podcast. Not I the mean, first, a... won't be the last, but that was a fun one. Yeah, that was a fun one. I wasn't there for that, actually. Do you have another question? Jacob M716 asks, how should this team approach the championship game this year if we make it that far? So what's the approach? What's the what's the game plan on offense, defense? What's the mentality, Griff? I mean, it's got to be in the back of their minds at that point that they've lost a billion of these in uh, the past decade. So, and like, it's it's such a meme at this point that the Packers lose in the NFC Championship game. These guys go on the internet. They've had to have seen that. They've had to have heard that on TV. They know it's their reputation. So it's going to be in the back of their minds that the NFC Championship game tends to be Green Bay's kryptonite. So I don't know what I don't know how they get over that. Maybe it motivates them to play their best football and can get them over that hump. But I think that you just got to go one and zero that Sunday, as Matt Lafleur loves to say. Got to go one and zero in the NFC Championship game because they've gone zero and one twice now under Matt Lafleur. So gotta gotta change that. I don't know. What do you want me? You want me to break down the hypothetical opponent that we don't know yet? We don't even know if no. we're going to make it to the championship game. I think he's asking about like a big from a big picture standpoint the mentality. I think and um, we have scary. to look at it's gonna it. It's going to be like, scary for me. Yeah, it's going to be scary. Well, yeah, good thing you're not playing quarterback because we've Thank got a guy that God. can do that. Yeah, wow, that would be ugly. Wait, actually, you've never seen me throw. I throw a pretty good ball. You're the most unathletic looking human I've met. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean like just. It's not about how we feel. It's about how they feel. And the question is, how should they feel? What should they? What should the thought process be from the players, the coaches? What should be instilled in the in the lessons of that week as they 
probably come off a, a win if they're going into the championship. Definitely coming off a win. But to me, I oh, think about – yeah, thanks. I know. Yes, Captain Obvious, whatever. I think that they will be instilling the idea that there is adversity here and that they, they're going to show up in every possible way. Like, there's there's not going to be anybody sleeping. Like, you know, Zadarius after the game said that he didn't like – you know, the practice that week and felt like everybody wasn't ready. It was like that, that can't happen. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much of their, the truth there is to that, but it definitely won't happen this time after they've lost twice now, you know, um, under Matt LaFleur. So I definitely don't think it will happen this time. This is from see the lander three. He says, does green Bay have to lose two of the last three games now to lose the one seed? Um, well, yes and no. That's if, so the, the Cowboys, that's the the determining factor is Dallas because they play they play the Washington football team in week 16 and in week 17 they play um the the Cardinals and week 18 they play the Eagles so theoretically they have to lose one of those three games in order for us to comfortably lose one and still be the one seed but uh, it would probably have to be one of those first two. The Cardinals is a, definitely a game that is a toss up. I'd say that's. I mean, those are two good teams, so that game could be. You know, if so, let's say the let's say the Cowboys theoretically lose that game, we could rest our starters for the Lions for the Lions game, um, and then basically have two potential bye weeks in a row before a, a divisional round matchup with the winner of a wild card game. That would be you know whether you would do that or not dangerous, is a debate. Pretty dangerous. Two thousand eleven. Uh, well, uh, that's see, like, I don't know who knows. That's not our decision to make. It's a possibility that they would maybe sit Rogers, let him heal for two weeks, his toe. Oh yeah. Yeah. That might be a big factor there. They might want to see Jordan love play for again. Oh for, yeah. You know, that's and plus Devon, everybody could use more rest. But then the question is, can they just show up and play? That's not our, that's not a debate for us at this point. Although we could sit here and talk about it, but, um, uh, a lot, you know, a lot will go into that decision about who plays and who doesn't. I think that's a game. Maybe you bring back Zadarius, maybe you bring back Jair and David, all in that game. Maybe have like Aaron, maybe sits and whoever else. If you want to have Devonte, Devondre Campbell, whoever else, um, maybe you get those guys ingrained a little bit by giving them some live action, but not not hurting our team by having guys who have been playing consistently for us uh, go out there potentially get hurt. Maybe they play half the game, whatever. But that is certainly a debate. But if let's say the the Cowboys lose, um, we're gonna. I think our game is before the Cowboys on on week eighteen. So because we play, I, I think we play the Lions at one. Their game, I believe, is at four something, four twenty five Eastern time. Um, we've got the twelve o'clock Central. They've got the three twenty five Central. So that would put us in a position where we wouldn't know. We couldn't know in time. If that you know what I mean, so we would have to put our guys yeah. in to win that game. That's that's really the, the the total story there. If you want to look at the playoff picture, Griff, as of now, we are sitting at the one seed. Uh, of course, that that won't change unless we lose a football game. But uh, the picture has um, Minnesota now locked into the seventh seed at this moment at seven and seven after their win. Um, the Saints are in the eighth spot now. But so it's Minnesota. These are the playoff matchups today. Uh, so Minnesota versus at going to Dallas as the second seed. So Dallas now creeps up to the number two seed. It would be San Francisco as the sixth seed going against Tampa Bay um, in Tampa Bay. 
which is that's a very very good matchup with how hot Tampa Bay with oh excuse me how hot San Francisco's been and then the Rams now as the fifth seed would be going to Arizona in a game that the Rams just won not long ago so that is a lot of that's a lot of good football right there in those matchups Griff um we could see a scenario where Tampa gets upset by San Francisco if they come out and perform like they did against New Orleans in a playoff game, right? Um, that would put us in a great spot to to face a team we beat already um, in the wild card round, potentially play a team like Dallas where we've had a lot of success um, against them, you know, or a team like Arizona or, or, or the Rams, two teams we already beat, right? I think that puts us in a good spot, but we'd like to see Tampa Bay lose, of course. Yeah, that would be very nice. That would be very nice. But uh, I think that does it for today's podcast. Does it, Bron? Do you have anything else to add to this conversation? No, I've added a lot. Yeah, you have. But uh, the playoffs and you are going to be fun. Griff, you've added a lot, too. Hey, thank you. I, I appreciate that, Bron. These playoffs are going to be fun. These last three weeks are going to be a lot of fun for us Packer fans, knowing that we're in the driver's seat, and we have a lot more margin, a lot bigger margin for error now than we did coming into Sunday. So it's going to be nice. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy this Chris, Christmas Day matchup between the Browns and Packers. Hopefully it's uh, all the Christmas song stuff that Bron said earlier. Hopefully it's all that, and hopefully it's a lot of fun, and uh, we can just have a happy, nice, non-stressful Christmas and a victory to go along with it. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to come back next week, and we'll be back to talk about the Browns game and preview the Minnesota Vikings. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, and Google Podcasts. You can follow me, Griffin, on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers. You can follow Braun on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Today in Town at Today Town on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much. Go Pack Go. Merry Christmas, folks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Merry Christmas, and Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.